Hey everybody, welcome to Stuff Said, the show where I, Greg Shegel, cartoonist, talk to people in the worlds of comics, cartooning, and beyond. This episode, I am talking to the artist of Invincible, Ryan Otley. Ryan Otley has drawn over 100 issues of Invincible. That is... I can't go on the record and say that's unprecedented. No, it's not, because Eric Larson has done... More than that of Savage Dragon, but it's very, very impressive, and he's really, really good, and I enjoyed talking to him. So I'll say that's what I'll say about that. It's a good conversation. I'll say that much. A couple of notes about it. One, at about the 55-minute mark of the conversation, there's a bit of an audio fry glitchy thing. I was able to edit around most of it. Had to cut a few sentences but they were all circling the same thing sort of heard it in the in the audio while we were doing it so i was able to work around it It takes 10 20 seconds it clears up worked it out the other thing is this was recorded just before emerald city comic-con so we were in seattle it was late at night and at a certain point ryan references being in a car with certain people that was his car from the airport to the hotel so you'll know that's the context for that. The other stuff I want to get to before we get to the, the conversation, I want to remind everybody that you can donate to support this show and what I'm doing at StuffSaidShow.com. There's a button that says Support Stuff or yeah, or Stuff Supported. I can't remember what it says, but it says one of the two things. Click that, support the show, make me happy. I know I've been asking for $3 million, but I'll... I'll take less. It will help. I recently bought some new equipment for recording purposes, so donations help allay the costs out of pocket. The other thing I'll say is I, I've been talking about my new graphic novel, Picks One Weirdest Weekend. I debuted it uh, earlier this month at Baltimore Comic Con, and I'm going to talk more about that after this conversation with Ryan Otley. Let's get right to it, and I'll see you on the other side. We were recording this before a convention, and we first met at Heroes Con. I don't know how many years ago was that. I think that was 08, I think. And now we're like, convention. or was it 10? I'm not sure now. I forget. I think it was 08. Because I've only done one. And it had to have been 08, right? It had to been 08? I don't know. And now we're like convention buddies. We're homies, yeah. We're homies. Total homies. But what I remember about that, it was at a dinner. We were at a table with Jason Howard. Yes, Dave Johnson. Dave Johnson. Yep. And was Robert at the table? He was like right over, right? Just right the next booth. Yeah. yeah. With I think he was with Larson or Stevenson. Larson, I think. Maybe both. And then yeah. there's a table behind me. A anyway. bunch of dudes, yeah, eating yeah. chili. That was some good chili. But what I remember is our first meeting. I don't think either one of us knew who the other one was. I hadn't read Invincible at that point. Yeah. And nobody knows who I am, <laughs> which is perfectly acceptable. But like our immediate conversation was about your Germanness and my Jewishness. That's right. And it was it was very quickly apparent that like okay this guy is he's like a quiet, but like darkly humorous, dude. Which I don't think I I, I don't think I was wrong on that quick read. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like you have a, you have a, you're very, you're very pleasant, very polite at conventions. I've seen you. 
but there's like a there's like a dark you have a dark uh yes yeah dark <laughs> and i guess some yes. of that's in the work the monsters and stuff oh yeah yeah you know this creature sketchbook you know yeah Lots and, and you're, you you listen to heavy metal i do yes you're like a metal head which i wouldn't have figured yeah well metal rap and classical are my three favorites that's interesting that's an interesting yes. mix well, I think metal is very like classic. I think if classical dudes were alive, they'd be straight up listening listening to heavy metal. So, do you listen to um, it's just awesome? What is it called? Uh, metal, not Metalocalypse. That's a cartoon. Apocalyptica. No. We do the Metallica songs as classical music. No, no. Oh, have you ever heard of it? I've heard some of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty I, cool. I didn't know their name. I didn't know they. I thought it was just yeah. It's a group. Apocalyptica. Apocalyptica. Wow. Yeah. Now you, you might know. have to check it out. Cool. I'm surprised you haven't heard of it. No, I'm sorry. So what do you remember about that? I mean, aside from the chili. Obviously, you remember the chili. Yeah, I remember you say, uh, we were talking, uh, that my, I said my grandpa was a Nazi. Yes. And it's not true. Well, again, <laughs> I found I, out later that he was, he was in the German army. Right. And I guess that's different. He didn't believe in the Nazi party. Right. You know, it's, it's like, I think it's you like, said that at the time. I think you were, you, you. But I wasn't sure. Yeah. Okay. And so now I'm sure that, yeah, he got, he got kicked out of the German army because he had, he was diabetic and. Oh, not because so. he like, saved the Jew? Yeah, that was it. I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, no, he was just sick, so they got rid of him. That's all right. No, I'm not listening. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he never. He never talked about. I'm not gonna call you so. out. We're all adults. We're in the same room. We're not fighting each other. <laughs> we're homies. We are homies. Yourself. Yes. I want to talk. We're gonna start right out of the gate and talk about your drawing, your work. Okay. Because. I remember when I learned we're the same age, right? 1975. Yeah. I remember when I learned that, and and the the, the reaction of my mind was, God, this guy is so good. Like you're so good. Well, thanks. Shucks. You are welcome. But particularly, so you know, you, there are guys that you, as you're reading comics, you you sort of see something they're doing, and and maybe sort of grab a little bit of it, or learn from them, like what they've done. You're like, okay, that oh, yeah. bit of business that that person's doing, I want to understand it. You sort of deconstruct what they're doing or whatever. Oh, yeah, it happens all the time. Uh, and we'll talk about those guys. But, you know, at a certain point when you start working, you maybe stop doing that. You start building on your own. You start building your own. You know, it happens few and farther between where you see somebody doing something, you're like, whoa, I got I to gotta incorporate that into what I'm doing. Yeah, I can see that. Your stuff, when I finally started reading Invincible, they were things where I'm like, all right, the way this guy is drawing fists is distinct. I don't know if you noticed that when you're drawing yourself, that you have a very specific way that you draw fists, especially your knuckles. Yeah, I've, there's a few things. Like the way I do mouths, the way I do fists, I don't want to – because there's a bunch of things I feel like I'm doing wrong, and I want to learn more about them, you know, like fists, for example, because it seems like sometimes it takes me a while to get a fist right. Really? And uh, I'm just like, you know, I, F it. I, I think it might be – some people might appreciate the inconsistencies of it sometimes because it's not a perfect fist. It's no, not a perfectly do... anatomically correct fist, but it's no, no. just like my version of it. But that's, so. I mean, that's cartooning. Yeah. I mean, it's anatomically, who gives a crap? The way you're drawing, like well, you do. Sometimes I do give too much of a crap. Well, I, we all do. And, and you know, and then I just keep study and try to learn more about the anatomy. And I'm just like, am I ruining my style by doing this? You know but what you, mean? Do, you do something where it almost becomes a contained shape. Like yeah. it's almost smooth across the knuckles, but then yeah. you add like a couple of hatch marks, which this may be terrible as audio to listen to this, but you do something very cool with fists, and and yes, your mouths and faces are distinctly Ryan Otley. Like even I went back and looked at some of your old stuff, 
and I'm like, okay, I get it, because there's there's a Superman Batman story that you did yeah. like 16 pages of. Yeah. And I think somebody that's not paying attention might not necessarily tell when it goes from McGinnis to you. But I I saw it like there was a very clear line like okay those are Ryan Otley mouths. Yeah. And it's it's boom it's all right that's there. Funny. Uh, that and aside from your fists and knuckles, your environments, backgrounds, cars, objects in space that aren't human figures uh-huh. were really impressive to me. Again because I'm looking at us at the same age. So we've been drawing about the same amount of time. Like we've been drawing since we were little kids. I just started when I started Invincible, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it's and I'm I look at him like yes. man, this guy this guy cracked the code on environments, on buildings and perspective and do you remember when you cracked that like when you got to the point where you're like I've, or do you not feel like you've got it? Because you've got it, man. You've drawn <laughs> buildings like destroyed and built and houses and all that stuff. Cars. Oh, dude, I, cars, is that's the thing that I hate drawing. They're the worst. Hate. Jason Howard's the only guy that likes drawing cars. No, Sean Murphy loves the hell of oh, cars. Okay. Dave Johnson loves cars. That's nuts. I'm like, dude, it shows. It looks amazing when they do it. I only want to draw cars in profile. I, I think, tell you the truth, I think I, I trace a lot of cars. <laughs> okay. But before you were tracing cars, and again, it's so boring. So but I'd say you're to... tracing them with an interpret. I mean, again, you're drawing them in your way. They don't look traced. Yeah, yeah. They look like you're drawing them from reference, if anything. Yeah. But growing up, there's a little bit all over the place. But I know when I was growing up, I mostly drew characters, figuring out proportions and anatomy and hands and faces and all that stuff. Feet. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But when it came to buildings and perspective it just it was a nut i couldn't crack i still don't think i'm very good at it i i lean on cartooning a lot i yeah. lean on all right so i maybe don't know perspective perfectly and ruling out those lines so i'm gonna eyeball it and it's gonna look fine that's me well that that's that's how you start it right I mean, yeah i always start eyeballing it but yeah. then you gotta lay down the freaking uh huge grid to get so it you all. that's what you do you go the the yeah, I mean, you know, I used to have like the yard stick out and got it all going. And then a couple of years into it, Invincible, I asked Corey some questions, and Corey knows it all, man. He, I mean, he, he told Corey me all Walker about for people who Corey Walker, yeah. yes. He he told me about the uh, what's it called? I, I don't even know what it's called, but it's just a trick where you just lay down a grid. You know, you draw a grid, and uh, you don't need a yardstick anymore. Or just I don't know this trick. I'll have to show you the trick later. Okay, I want to yeah. see this trick. Sorry this to the people all... listening. You don't get no. to see. The, you don't get to hear. You can't hear the trick. No, it's hard you to explain. can't hear the trick. Yeah, but I, I will. It. What I'll do, you'll show me the trick, and when when I do my outro okay. sort of talk, I'll try and explain the trick. Gotcha. Or put something online or something, or not. It'll be our little trick. Oh, but you know what I do now though, because I don't before I, I would do it all on paper. Yeah. You know, draw the grid for first I would outline the buildings, you know, where I want. Eyeball them, sure. Yeah, eyeball it. And then I would do the grid and then draw in all the detail. Now I do all my layouts in, in digital and on, yeah, on the Cintiq, Cintiq in Photoshop. And with a perspective I have like these vertical and horizontal lines and I'll just grab that and bring them in and just lay down lay down my grid with that and right. print it out and then my grid's already there. So it saves me so much time. It's I just, can imagine. It's amazing. But as a young before you were drawing comics, when you were just drawing at home. Yeah. Were you practicing perspective, or was it only like was it learn as you go? Once you had to draw a comic, you started drawing buildings and stuff. I don't think I practiced it very much. That was like, I, I remember doing some. They showed me some perspective stuff in junior high. Yeah, and then that's about it. And yeah, it wasn't like the funnest thing to do. 
I read as many interviews with you as I could, and they're all sort of the same interview. <laughs> it's all like the same six questions. I think everyone has like this me- memo, like with yeah. like the same questions on it. It's like the ask. same yeah. six questions and variations on the answers. Yeah. So I want to talk about some of the nuances and the variations in the answers. Okay. So one of the things you you said a bunch of times is your first comic you were 14 or 15 years old. Yeah. An issue of Amazing Spider-Man by Todd McFarlane. So before that date, you were drawing. There's no way you started drawing at 14. Yeah, I've been drawing. You've been drawing your whole life. Just like you, since I was two or whatever. So what kind of stuff were you drawing before before the superhero comic bug bit you? Or just the comic book bug bit you? Yeah, uh, I was drawing monsters. Sure. Tons of monsters, weird, stupid, ugly faces. Right. And that's pretty much about it, you know. Because, again, same generation. I'll keep hitting that note. So where were you with respect to the things that so much of us seem to be shaped with, G.I. Joe, Transformers, even Super Friends to a certain degree? Like, was that stuff on your radar? Yes. I mean, you know, like cartoons. Yeah. Um, I was really into comic strips. Okay. Uh, that's that's one of the things where I was just like, maybe I could do this when I get older, you know, because I, I definitely wanted to be an artist when I grew up, but uh, wasn't sure what, you know, and then when comics hit, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I know exactly what I want to do now, so... Okay, so you're drawing He Man, you know that was sure the stuff right there. That's so He Man. You were more He Man than GI Joe. I know you were into muscles. Oh, I love the hell out of them. I still love muscles. So how how did muscles? Robert also loves muscles and garbage pail kids. Robert Kirkman. Okay. Yeah, we have (laughs) many loves that are similar. So how did now garbage pail kids actually make sense? The crazy faces, the monsters, the whole thing. That I and to a certain degree, muscles also were these creatures. Different shapes and, and weirdness about them. Yes. But how did muscles? Because like, my brothers were into muscles. They had a bunch of them. I never got into. You never got into muscles? I thought oh, some of man. them were cool, but they weren't poseable. You couldn't move them. They were tiny. They were all flesh colored. It was weird. <laughs> how did muscles like transcend GI Joe and Transformers, which are the big ones, or even something like Mask, which was pretty rad? That was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, how is muscles the thing that, that outshone them? Even, like, pro wrestling. Were you into well, pro I'll, wrestling I'll, as a kid? I'll tell you one word. Portability. Portability. Were you moving around a lot? No, you could just bring them to school. You could just put a handful of muscles in your pocket and just <laughs> play whenever, whenever, wherever you want. Awesome. So did that translate at all to wrestling? Were you into I, wrestling I at all? I couldn't put six He-Man dudes in my pocket. No, He-Man know? dudes were big. That's a you, lot of bulges in one dude's But pants. you could put three or four G.I. Joes in your pockets. I didn't have any G.I. Joes. That's what I mean. How did G.I. Joes not... Get. Well, because I had friends with G.I. Joe, so I didn't need any. <laughs> or Star Wars, you know? Dude, I, I, I actually did not see Star Wars until Episode 1 came out. Really? Yeah. Like, you never saw the first original no. three movies until nineteen, until 2000 yeah. or 99, whenever it was? Yeah, it was crazy. That is crazy. Like, what, so, why? I need to talk to my parents, and just I just feel so neglected. Well, was this, is, I mean... I'm just kidding. Not to necessarily go into this, because it would be an area I don't necessarily understand, but is, is any of that have to do with Mormonism? No. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No. I know there are rules. Caffeine, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, not really rules, more of like a uh, suggestion. Like, yeah, again. Like stay away from addictive things. Right. Look, it, It's smart for you to stay away. That's basically... I don't keep kosher, so I, I understand yeah. <laughs> that there's like suggested behaviors that you don't yeah. necessarily have to follow. Yes. I just didn't know if like Star Wars was one of them. No, Stay no. away from Star Wars. <laughs> no, I just never, never got around to it. Brigham Young didn't like Star Wars. So everybody steered <laughs> we clear. Hated Star Wars. Of yeah. Star Wars. That's funny. So, but you grew up in Salt Lake City. You like since forever. Yeah. Well, I was born in Portland, Oregon. Lived there five years. So yeah, grew up okay. raised in in. Uh, That's Salt amazing Lake that Star Wars didn't didn't. 
amazing. The things that didn't get through yet, you still draw so well. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know, man. It's just it's maybe that's that's why I wasn't watching too many movies. I was drawing. But you're still drawing in a very. So I don't know how people describe your style. I've talked to Chris Jerusalem about it. Okay. And he is he is flat out claimed that you're the best guy drawing superhero comics right now. And if you were on a no. mainstream book, you'd be the hottest thing in the world, and nobody would stop talking about you. I don't dis- necessarily dispute that. I Way know we're gonna, nice. we're gonna blow your head up so big. Yeah. <laughs> and and to what I was saying before. You know, the last time I saw an artist do something where I'm like, oh, how do they do? I want to figure out what they did was looking at, at your stuff, looking at your fists and things that you were doing. Because your work is sort of in, in my wheelhouse, which is cartoony, exciting, dynamic, comic book drawing. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not necessarily leaning on making this thing look realistic. It's well, realistic yeah, I, within I like its to, own. I like to call it realistic cartoony. That's, that's, the kind of style of other artists that I kind of lean towards that I am influenced right. by the most. Yeah. But it's it's everything the way I would describe it is it's realistic, quote unquote, because everything in the universe fits. Everything you're drawing fits with everything else you're drawing. Nothing's okay, out yeah. of place. So the reality of your world works. That's a good explanation. Right? So you're a somebody good speaker thank you. with words. It's it's too much That's time why you have a podcast. It's too much time now. in my own head. Yeah. But, you know, when you draw a face that has a weird proportion to it, it works because within the Invincible Universe and the things you draw, okay. there are faces that exist like that. Or even I'll, outside of Invincible. I'll, I'll, I believe you. It's true. <laughs> I'm on your side. So, anyway, you are, you are <laughs> one of the, the recent guys who I've seen where I think you're defining a look. Unfortunately, there's so many comics out there now that it's, it may not be noticed by enough people, but you're doing comics in a very pure way, superhero comics in a very pure way. And I don't know if you're aware. You must be somewhat aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm aware good, of it. Yeah. Good. Well, because I saw it recently. You tweeted something. We're like, I got to level up. Well, I, gotta, I always got to level I up. I got to go yeah. to the next level. And I oh, read yes. that, and my reaction was, if you level up, we're all dust. <laughs> yeah, like, right. what are you going to do? Like, what is it that you want to level up on? What is the thing that you think you're not completely nailing? I don't remember why it? I exactly posted that. I forget. Right. It must have been something specific, but I don't remember what it was. But, but even in general, there's a lot of working. things. Anatomy and like, I just did this thing uh, for. You heard about that Kickstarter that called Masters of Anatomy? I have not, but I believe you. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. I believe you. You need to return the favor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Believe everything me. you're saying. So Masters of Anatomy, it's like they just contact all these artists and they're having them. Draw just a turnaround of a male and a female. Okay. So, yeah, I'm drawing that, and I'm just like, there's so much to learn. Anatomy is is the big one. But what do you think? Composition. You're not... There's so much to learn about composition. All right, ridiculous. but what do you think you're not getting with anatomy? Because I think you nail it almost every time. Um, I, I think my hardest thing is still legs and hips. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I just there's a lot of studying to do. Because I mean, I you know I've seen every once in a blue moon. I'll see something where, like you, I feel like you've drawn a nostril that's maybe a little high, like in a profile. I blame the anchor. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but in general, like you're you're moving invincible, you're moving these characters around. Yeah. In a way that, to me, shows a command of, again, cartooning a human figure. Yeah. It may not be, uh, you know, this photorealistic thing. Boring man. No, and that's not. Yeah, I, I definitely don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that, but I do want. 
more consistency with it. I do want it to be. I want it to be easier for me. Okay. Like like, I want to nail this. Uh, like I see Greg Capullo's layouts. Like you know, I did layouts. Yeah. He did the layouts for me on Haunt. Yes. And I'm just like, this dude can lay down a figure in any way he wants. And he, I don't think he sits there and erases. Well, you don't know, but do you know? You gotta ask him. We have asked him on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's just straight up. He lays it down, and it's there's not much going on in the eraser world. I mean, he's just he's so good at it. it. It blows my mind, and that's that's the kind of level I want to be at, where I can go to a con and very quickly whip out a figure. And um, right, All right, we're gonna talk about Haunt. We're gonna talk about Haunt a little bit because I have I have a question oh, okay. about Haunt. All right. Well, not really even about Haunt, but we're gonna get to Haunt. I know we're gotcha. talking about the, the way you draw. So I went back and I looked at some of your old, old stuff, pre-invincible, pre-invincible, pre-invincible. Like Ted Noodleman or yeah, like Ted Noodleman and Oz, Oz Gale Force Five, Oz F Five Gale Force. Yeah, because you still have some of that stuff on your DeviantArt page. That's right. That's yeah, where I was able to right. see it. It's way old. It's way old. Still good. So the Noodleman stuff was felt like you were leading with cartooning. Yes. And the Oz stuff felt like you were leading with. I'm gonna try. It was it was very in the Jim Lee Wildstorm really? school. I saw it. Oh, okay. The way you were a lot of hatching. Detail, yeah. A lot of the yeah the treatment like the drawing was still you, but the the way you were treating yeah. the finish seemed to be. It felt like maybe he was looking at you like maybe we were looking at J. Scott Campbell at that point. I don't know. I that that that's kind of what my style was. I I I loved all that cross hatching, so I did that all the time. And then it wasn't until in, Invincible where. Robert said, you know, we're trying to go for a little more less liney type of thing. So he, he picked out some pieces of art that I've done that had less lines. And he's like, do more like this. That's it. So that actually answers. That was because I was getting to was like when you started doing Invincible. Yeah. And you and I know some of it was influenced by what Corey Walker had done before. You were trying to sort of bridge that gap. Make it easy for the readers. to like, Right. But I wondered how much of it was a purposeful when you were doing the Noodle Man stuff and the Oz stuff. How much of that was purposeful decision to be more cartoony with one and more cross-hatchy with the other? Or if you were finding your voice, like, I'm going to try these different things. I think things. It, Ted Noodleman got pretty cross-hatchy, didn't it? Or was it? The stuff I, I – I didn't see enough of it to make a I, full – You know, I think it got less cartoony as it went on because I remember doing some when I, while I was doing Invincible still. So I'm not sure. But, okay. yeah, Ted Noodleman was just more of a goofy, stupid character. Yeah. I could just go crazy on it. But I guess the question I guess the question is was it was it purposefully for the story adjusting your style or were you figuring out what's the best way for me to draw comics? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. It's it was just, a while ago. It's just what I felt like. It was a while ago yeah. you've drawn a, you've drawn a lot more comics since then. Yes. You mentioned somewhere that you'd only done samples and sent them in like six times. Yes. What did you do samples of? Who did you send them to? And what was the response? Oh man, let's see. Malibu, okay. Marvel. Who else? Kitchen Sink Press, I think was one. Interesting. Yeah, and CrossGen. Okay. So Malibu yeah, was still around, or it was like Malibu, and then years later to CrossGen. Years later was CrossGen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't all at the same time. I did okay. some here, and then years later I did some here. So you never did the thing where you sent out like fifteen packets to everybody know. one shot. You would send a packet to Malibu. And a packet to Marvel. Exactly. And would you send it to their submissions person or a specific editor? It, it was it was a submissions guy, yeah. Okay, so yeah. you were going by the rules. Yeah, just straight up by the rules. I didn't know what I was doing. Did you get even form letters back or nothing? 
a few of them, yeah, yeah. I got Form cancellation letters. letters. Not, we're not interested and blah, blah, blah. And, and my first convention was in 2003. Okay. And I went to Philly, and I got a portfolio review from Bart Sears okay. for CrossGen. Sure. And uh, he was – that was really cool because I, I, I was – Brutes and Babes in Wizard Magazine, dude, man. Bart Sears is the man. He's freaking <laughs> awesome. I love that stuff, by the way. Of course. I, I learned quite a bit from that. But, yeah, I was waiting in the Marvel line to get a uh, portfolio review yeah. at that con. And – I was like, this sucks. I feel like cattle. This is bullshit. I can't do this. I'm not I'm not getting in the industry. Like, this is so terrible. And so I just left. I'm walking around and, and I see CrossGen. There was no one there. And so I just walk up and, hey, can you do a portfolio review? And Bart Sears is like, this is awesome stuff. I love it. You got anatomy. You got blah, blah, blah. What, what, what was it? What were the samples? Ted Doodleman. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then he said, but yeah, this is too, too cartoony for what CrossGen wants. And right. All right, F you. No, I didn't say that. Of course. Yeah. You're a gentleman. I am a gentleman. I said, what did thank you, send, you, Squire. What did you send to Malibu? Because that would have been 92, 93, 94. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, no, I have. What did you, like, what characters were you drawing? Just, like, my own stuff. I, okay. I, there's this one thing that I did. Uh, it was, like, this vampire that was going around sucking people's blood, and they found, like, this old lady was going to suck her blood, and she was a monster. Okay. It was really so you no. didn't do like a five-page Captain America sample? No. Never. No. That's amazing. That's like... I did a pit uh, Wildcats once. Okay. But not for a submission. I just did it for fun. Now, just, what did I was you, just looking at it the other day. It was terrible. And what did you draw to win the Hero Illustrated contest? You wanted a, a copy of yeah, Hulk the, number the, two. Oh, that was... Yeah, Hero Illustrated. That was uh, Angela. Interesting. I drew Angela. Yeah, that was very cool. Was it an envelope art or just like a like a pinup drawing of Angela? That was like an eight by eleven thing. Yeah, Colored in and everything. I, I won like eight times in that magazine. Eight times? Yeah, and only once in Wizard. What did you? Okay, what did you win? What did you draw eight times for Hero Illustrated? Oh jeez. Well, the first thing was on an envelope. I drew Lestat because that was okay. a huge interview with the Vampire Nerd. I love that That's stuff. Hilarious. <laughs> and then uh, another one was Morbius. You really like monsters and vampires. I love that stuff. Yeah, man. that's so great. Love that stuff. Did you ever do like the the Hero Illustrated covers? Like, I want to draw a cover. I don't remember. Okay. I don't know. I drew a couple of those and never sent one in. I did really? wizard. I did wizard ones. I did a Hero Illustrated one. I never sent them. You in. know, what pissed me off. They did a spooky one. You know, spooky from Casper. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh, draw a spooky, uh, most evil you can, possible way you can. And so I drew him. On the, th- the the prize was this badass looking mask, and I really wanted this mask. It's this monster mask, right? Sure. It's like really cool sculpted. Anyway, and I drew Spooky sitting on the Satan's throne, and I drew like you know Spawn's male Bulgia guy like on the side, like he was getting demoted. Right. I drew Elvis down there holding a skull, you know, just all this no love. hell stuff. And and I won. Oh, okay. But all, they they said sorry, we couldn't give you the mask. Here's here's a hard case number one foil cover. Why not, hard case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know hard case from Malibu. Terrible. <laughs> I was pissed because because I, I already won one. Now I have two of them. You have two foil hard case. Two number foil ones. hard case number one. So Still have them. If anyone wants one, yeah, I can't have those things, man. I can get rid of them. Sell them on eBay. Slab them. Should I? Uh, no. Will you buy one? No. Right. I didn't buy it when it came out. <laughs> Neither did I. I just won two of them. Well, you just won two of them. Uh, did you ever read it? I probably did. I don't. I don't remember. My goodness. Effers. That would have been nice. Complete effers. <laughs> you cite as your influences a number of times two specific people, Todd McFarlane 
Dale Keown. Yeah. Hard to fault you on either one of those guys. Yeah. Dale Keown was doing stuff that just like, oh my gosh, so good. Always a badass. So this beautiful. Hulk run, still I love it. Amazing. So cool. Everything's he, he beautiful. He grew so much on that. The cartooning is outstanding. Yeah. Everything's great. And he's, his immense, he made things so immense and huge looking. I loved it. You know, he, comparing fingers, to like a small the Hulk's person. fingers with like no, those big man. flat fingernails. Yeah. Amazing. And then with Pitt, it even got better and just, of so course, took him longer. Here's my question about that. So, did you ever at any point track those guys back to who was influencing them? Because with Todd, it's, it seems very clear that Michael Golden was a huge influence on him. Yeah, I, I, I never knew that. And with Dale, it's very clear to me that John Byrne okay, yeah. is like the building blocks of what Dale Keown is doing. Did you ever at any point go back and sort of find the history of the guys who influenced you? Or were you just well, so... I, I remember one time I saw this Vietnam thing that, that Golden did, and I'm like, what a McFarlane ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Right. So, but yeah, it was years later where I realized, okay, this when I finally got into who these yeah. guys are influenced by, and it's pretty obvious, yeah. And then when that happens, Eric Larson, Jack Kirby, and yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely, and Walt Simonson, with oh Larson. yes, definitely. Yeah. When you when you when you got that sort of revelation, do you then start looking at Golden stuff and John Byrne stuff, or know. it didn't matter? You were just like, yeah, sort well, of like I, my opinion of Star Wars. I stopped Wars. looking at McFarlane and that for a time too. You know, I, right. It, it's the point where I stopped being influenced by them and. Well, yeah, and, you start uh, building your own. I find better dudes. <laughs> is that it, or is it you just start building? Like for a long time, I was drawing like Michael Ringo, like I couldn't not because yeah. he's so freaking good. And he was in that again, that sort of cartoony reality. Uh, uh, the reality existed within his. Everything looked Ringo esque. Yeah, and it all worked. It was all just like solid as hell, and I didn't necessarily have to go back to whatever was was his influence. Although I ended up talking to him about that, and we're gonna, that's yeah, gonna. Who, was, who is his influence? Who is he influenced? We're gonna by? get when we talk about haunt. It's all gonna tie in. Ooh, it will tie. Yeah, oh, this is like gonna tie in. How much? How, how much did you think about this interview? A lot. Of course, you're impressive. So then, who who were the guys that replaced Todd and Dale? In, uh, in your oh, Sam Keith was man. Really, he's, he's so good. See that I wouldn't have imagined. Like oh, yeah. in terms of influencing you, because I was doing really detailed stuff, trying to be like Sam Keith. Like Scotty, I see it. Scotty yeah. Young, it's like, yeah, of course, Sam Keith. It oh, all yeah. makes sense. Yeah, your stuff has so much more, um, so much more solid. Not that Sam Keith stuff isn't, but Sam Keith stuff sort of like slumps and sort of has like, yes, it's yeah. real heavy, very gravity esque. Yeah. yeah, and your stuff is is like upright and. It's like in the evolutionary chart, like you're on the far right, and <laughs> Sam Keith stuff is on the left. In terms of nice. Like yeah. Posing. That's funny. That's yeah. interesting. Sam Keith. Sam Although Keith was huge. Um, Joe Mad, of course. Yeah. Joe Mad um, was a game changer, I think, for a lot of us. Mobius was a huge influence. I love, really? Love, always love Mo- Mobius, yeah. And that's, that's, I guess I could see in sort of, there's a, the, maybe, I'm trying to see where it comes out in your work. I don't know if it comes out in my work very much. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure I'm not sure if people can even see who I'm influenced by cuz they don't really mention it too often. Like, oh, it's obvious you right. are influenced by I can see Dale Keown in it. You can't see Dale Keown. Yeah. Okay. In the faces. The way you're drawing faces, the way you're drawing poses. I can see. I can see that more than Todd. Cool, yeah. And maybe it's just, you know, you're drawing, you know, Conquest. There's no way. Like that fight with Conquest. There's no like just the way you his mouth with like spit like that's that's Dale stuff. Yeah. Right? Totally, yeah. I uh, love it. But I mean, that's like, 
look, I love Mike Mignola. There's no way you can see Mike Mignola in my work. Yeah. Oh, me neither. I love but, Mike, Mike as well, but yeah. You know, or a lot of guys. It's not like everybody you look at is going to be a direct translation. Sometimes it's a compositional thing. Sometimes it's just it's, a huge mix of a bunch of yeah, different artists. Sometimes it's a pose. Yeah. You're like, oh, look at what he did with that little tiny, like Mignola when he like had a leg go back. It just sort of turned yeah. into like silhouette. Like, that's so sweet. It's amazing. And he just yeah. sort of, you know, or a Mignola hand or just like four rectangles. Just you know, I was pretty shocked when I heard that Joe Quesada was influenced by Mignola. And then you look at his stuff and it's like, okay, that's especially the older that's stuff. pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah, the older stuff. Yeah, yeah. When Super he was drawing amazing. freehand like a cartoonist. Yeah, it's just a more detailed version where, you know. Well, now he's doing a lot of reference photo ref stuff, Joe. Yeah. You want it to be, you I want like, it to draw Ash again. Like I said, yeah, I like the realistic cartoony, yeah. not the realistic. Yeah, you know, that so. stuff. Ash. Uh, That's the best. Oh, yeah. Sort of Asriel, like all that stuff. The Ray. Man, this I stuff know, is man. awesome. So good. But but do the fans want, what do the fans want? Who cares? You tell me. I don't, you think I know? You tell me. As a fan, you think about stuff. You got it. As a fan, yeah. I want more of what you're doing. Well, you're an artist. Artists want. They don't mind things like really cartoony. But I, don't I, even know, so I, I hear a lot of complaints for like really cartoony styles. Joe Mad, and I, yeah. heard, I heard someone complain about. It. I'm like, how do you complain about Joe Mad? Oh, He's people complain amazing. about that stuff all the time. It doesn't yeah. make them right. Yeah, but I, I, I am curious. What is the majority? Again, I've had we had this conversation. It was a bunch of us talking. It was it was me, Larson, Bruce, Tim, Giruso. We were all sitting around, and the the conversation was like, yeah. who are the guys that we love that would not get work now because their work doesn't?" And it's you know it's the list: Mignola, uh, Bruce, Tim. Nobody would hire him, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, they would, yeah they they would think, "Oh, this is for kids." You know, it's too have cartoony. To do, but it's still freaking Darwin yeah, Cook wouldn't get it. Amazing get to anything. see them do a big, giant book. Yeah. So. What do people want? I don't know if it matters. Yeah. Joe Casada wouldn't have gotten work too cartoony. But all you know, it's true. Yeah. I don't know. I like Alan Davis. I like John Buscema. I like oh, these guys yeah. that are, like, again, it's it's beautifully drawn, but it's not realistic. It just works. Very it's all there. Illustrative. Yeah. Yeah. You're real good, Michael Ringo. Walt Simonson. Walt Simonson. I mean, he might he might get he might get work, but it's hard to tell. His stuff's so graphic and. Yeah. Again, you're not seeing the seams on a costume. You're not seeing like all the boring yes, stuff yeah. that's in comics now. <laughs> I'll yes, say I it. Agree. Do it. Do it. I won't say anything. It's all. It's all, Greg. I think. I think you show it all. In, I mean, you show it in your work. It's all there. I don't know. I well, feel like we you. spun into a whole different, whole different territory. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Well. All right. So one more thing I want to talk about. Before we get to Invincible, which is where really your the career started in earnest, your professional agreed comic artist career. Yes. We've mentioned we talked about the six sample packs you did. Now, as I understand it, you did samples or you tried out for noble causes. Yes. So I want to understand all of this because I know Jay. Jay was on the show. Jay has a really good eye for artists. He's found really great people who are all now working at DC. Totally, yeah. So what happened? What happened? Like, how did you know that there was even a, a book to try out for? Well, I think a lot of them knew me from Pencil Jack and, and Digital Webbing. I, I think, yeah, I think he just contacted me and said, "You want to, you know, try out for Noble Causes?" And you know, I was hungry for anything. Sure. I, I needed something. And you know, I did a, th- a three pager 
And they said no inks. They want to do something to get it done fast. Right. So did something I never did before, and that's just pencils. But I had to really push hard and make it black so it looks kind of ink. Sure. You weren't, you weren't just putting X's the, and letting them say this is where the solid blacks are going to go. You no, were filling I everything finish in. it to where it yeah. looked ink, yeah. And it just didn't work out because uh, he looked at it, and then he showed Jim Valentino, who was the publisher at the time, and he said, no, this guy's not ready yet. And how long before Invincible was that? Was it months? No, it was really close. Yeah, well, it so, had to be. Yeah, so 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 Jim Valentino said, have him try it again, you know, because we've seen his, his stuff. He can do good stuff, yeah. so let's have him do it again. Not the same three pages or another three pages. And I was just like, nah. I, I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I just have a problem. Doing something twice. I never had the best confidence, <laughs> you know, and so, it, it, you know, I, I don't send out a lot of submissions. I, yeah. Confidence levels are low. So if, if you say no, I'm not going to try again. I'm just going to be like, well, F this, <laughs> you know, yeah. FML. But uh, anyway, Robert talked to Jay and said, well, if you're not going to use him, can I give him a whirl? Yeah. And so he contacted me and said, you want to do an invincible fill-in? Like, that's like – that's, because I was running the, the what-if scenario, Marvel Comics what-if. Yeah. Like, so many of the people that worked with Jay, Ilidre Sinar, Mahmoud Azar, Patrick Gleason, like, all these guys are DC or now Marvel. Mahmoud, yeah. Mahmoud. Like, do you ever ponder in your mind, like, what – what that sliding door would have been had you like how different well, I, your career would be well i thought about lots of i mean that was kind of the plan was to do image that's what a lot of artists had the same plan because i mean when i was a kid i wanted to go to marvel that was like sure. the thing so do an image a little bit and then go to marvel but then after years of working on invincible i'm like this is nice i've heard stories and you know this is what i got is good thing there's no point in in, in leaving so Let's talk about Invincible. I mean, it really is the one thing you've drawn yeah. for your career, your professional career. Like, were you getting paid to do the Oz Gale Force stuff? Or yeah. Ted, you were? Not Ted Nittleman, no. Okay, but the Oz stuff you got paid for. Yeah, yeah, he paid me. All right, so that. technically that's the first Second paying work. Uh -huh. But then very quickly, you're on Robert Kirkman's other comic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, for what it's worth. Well, Invincible started before Walking Dead. It's still Robert Kirkman's other comic. Not back then. Had, it, had Walking Dead started yet? When you started, when you did your fill-in? Actually, no. Interesting. No, it was the same month. I started the exact same month really? Walking Dead 1 came out. It was October of 2003 is when I started. And, That's uh, amazing. I finished that issue 8 in two weeks, pencil and ink. Two weeks? Yeah. I was you were hungry. Hungry. You were mad hungry. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I did it so fast, and they liked what I did, so yeah. they're like, let's just keep them on. Oh, sure. That's amazing. And then, and okay. So, story as I read it on the internet. Okay. You can confirm, but you said it. So What did I say? That apparently the first thing he offered you was something called Presidents of oh, the yeah, United yeah. States of America. <laughs> yeah. Are you allowed to talk about what that was? I don't really remember much about it. It was just, it didn't sound appealing <laughs> at all. Was it, was it like a superhero team made of Presidents of the United States of America? Kind of, yeah. Like, like like George Washington and James I really, Madison. I don't remember much about it. It's something like that. I I I forget. You'll have to you'd have to ask him. Interview that guy. I would love and to maybe. talk to Robert, but <laughs> like I I almost wonder like how come they haven't shown up in Invincible yet? Like whatever this thing was. Yeah, I, I don't remember if it was a superhero thing, but um, or just historical. I, I wish I remember some details about. It. I just don't remember so much do about it. It was just. 
President's United States of America is just like a I forget if it was like a clone thing or what, but that was the first thing he asked me. He he sent me a, a private message on Pencil Jack and was like, uh, "You interested in doing something?" And it's like, and you had no familiarity that. with him at all, right? Or no, I read, read Tech Jacket. Tech Jacket, okay. Yeah, and Cloudfall, and I loved it. Loved okay. Tech Jacket. I thought it was so cool. But yeah, that didn't sound appealing. So you know, a couple months go by, and he's like, "Well, what about a villain for Invincible?" He's like, "That'll do." But was, I, I, yeah. at that point, I, you know, I never read Invincible either. Right. He sent you copies and you read it and you're like, oh, this is pretty sweet. Yeah, I started drawing it and then he sent me JPEGs. And, okay. Um, he didn't send me the, the last page of, of issue seven. What's the, the last spoiler? page of issue Because he thought it was just a fill-in guy, so he didn't want to give me all the... So what's the last page of The last of page seven? of issue seven is Omni-Man killing all the Guardians okay. of the Globe. I was going to ask because I remember I hadn't read it for a long time. Yeah. And then Chris Drew was like, you've got to read this thing. And he handed me first trade. That's in the fir- it's in the first trade or check- second trade? That's the second trade. Okay. So I read the first one. I'm like, this is pretty good. I start reading the second one. And that's where he introduced the Guardians of the Globe. Yeah. And my Love immediate it. reaction was, oh, another guy doing his version of the Justice League. That's so awesome. And then he takes them all out. Yeah. Spoiler alert for anybody reading it. It's a little enough is enough. Yeah. The statute of limitations is passed. <laughs> but when he takes them all out like that, you go, oh, he's not doing his version of the Justice League at all. Like. Yeah. He's doing his own. I think that that's really where that book starts to really rock it out because that's when the Omni Man. That's when the, the reveal is. And you're yeah. like, what is happening? And the the book from that point on is what is happening. Like, and that was supposed to be later on too. That's supposed to be like issue 25 when Omni Man did his little twist. <laughs> but you know, th- there was you know when I jumped on, it was going to be canceled. I mean, oh really? Was, yeah. So he's, he said, good. don't have too many. Uh, you know, don't think it's going to last forever. It's just going to. It was like two or three scares where we were like, yeah, it's, this is probably over soon. So so in a book where there's so many turns of – I mean so many things happen, and I think it's the benefit of a creator-owned book, which is you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You're not – the characters can change as dramatically as you want them to, although there is something nice about the fact that Invincible is now over 100 issues, and there's such a consistency to it with you and Robert doing this book Yeah. that – you know, in in a time where that's rarely the case anymore, there's something to be said for it. the characters can change so dramatically, but the core of it is these two guys making this comic book, and it's good, better than good. It's great. It's a great comic book. So with all these things that happen, I'm curious about how it works, because in a lot of interviews you talk about how you love getting the plots because you read them first as a fan, and uh-huh. then you then you start breaking them down and working like a cartoonist. Yeah. But you're you're working on this book, like you have, maybe you don't have to. But granted, in that instance, you were filling guy. He didn't tell you what the spoiler was. Yeah. yeah. But at this point, you have to know what's coming up, right? Like you guys. Yeah, must he, he'll discuss call me it. up and he'll say this is happening here, and you know it's like he has a big thing that happens in all the. He gives you, know, you anniversaries. The, I mean, he's got to let you know what's coming so you can. Yeah. Draw, put it in the artwork. Yeah, totally. So how much of? I read it as a fan. It's just like a, a easy way to answer the question of what's it like working with Robert Kirkman. It's well, it's definitely an easy way to answer. It, <laughs> yeah, but it, it is one of those questions where it's 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 awkward to answer. It's like I don't know, good. Yeah. Well, because it's also an interesting question because, I mean, outside of Robert Kirkman, you've worked with like three other writers. Yeah, it's hard to compare. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, so he's, he's you know, definitely the best writer I've worked with. Yeah, so I could say like, <laughs> no what, is, to the other dudes, what does a Robert Kirkman plot look like? But what does that mean relative to, I guess, the guy who wrote Oz, the guy who wrote Ted Noodleman, and then Joe Kelly, right? Like those yeah. are, that's the <laughs> list. Yeah. And I've seen a Joe Kelly plot, and I think Joe Kelly is a great writer, but the 16 pages you got to draw were two people on a cruise ship. Yeah, I do. I can compare it to working with DC, and I definitely like working with Robert Moore. No offense to DC, but you know, sure. having a lot of editors on your back about things is kind of a. Uh, so let's talk a little thing. bit about the DC thing. It was a, it was 16 pages of an annual. Yeah. Superman Batman annual. I think it was 17. Okay. Hook a brother up. All right, 17 pages. Thank you. Uh, and it was a Superman Batman story, and for most of those pages, it's Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent on yeah. a cruise ship. Just walking around. Yes. And then like three <laughs> pages of superhero action. Yeah, that was fun. Of course. Yeah. You got to draw like two poses of Superman and a couple of shots of Batman. Yeah. And maybe Owlman is in there, right? What was the? There was a. The um, crime syndicate was involved. I got a. I got. I got a Deathstroke. I got to draw Deathstroke. That's right. Deathstroke is. That in was there. fun. So what were the? Maybe not what were the differences. But I mean that was just 16 pages. It, it was it really that much. And this was before. The, yeah, the, the the script writing was definitely very different than I'm like used structurally, to. like just um, how things were broken down. Like it's just the feel of it, I guess. I, I guess it was structurally just the same, but it just I I don't know. I guess it's hard to explain. It was 2006, so it's yeah, been a and while, it's also but, 17 pages of a 64 page. Well, I was supposed to do the whole thing. Well, okay. it was Ed McGinnis and me. Okay. Ed McGinnis recommended me to do the the other parts because that's when he was leaving to go to Marvel, and he only had two more weeks to work at at the DC. So. He asked me to do it, but they said they promised me they would not solicit it. And I guess this is the oldest trick in the book, but they say this to you. We're not going to solicit it, so take your time. We know you have Invincible to work on, and then they solicit it, and you're, you're, you're screwed. So they right. got Sean Murphy to finish some pages on there right. and get the other artist, but yeah. Like, uh, Carlo Barbieri or something? Right? I think is that so. That's the guy's name? I think so, yeah. His stuff looked a lot like Ed McGinnis. It was almost hard to tell the difference. Oh, yeah. But your stuff in Sean Murphy's, like, you could see it. That's, that was a long time ago, 2006. That was a long time ago. And that's the only other work you've done. Haunt. I mean, you've done covers and stuff. and ha- Well, for for a non-image yeah. thing. Yeah. You've done covers and things here and there. Well, again, we're going to talk about Haunt. We're going to keep teasing Haunt. <laughs> and then the questions will be like, how come you stopped drawing Haunt? Even though I know the I was like working with Tom McFarlane. <laughs> that's what's going to be. Not that it? different. Okay. It's along those lines. <laughs> gotcha. But yeah. it's not going to be that question. Okay. Come on. You know it's not going to be that question. <laughs> what does a Robert Kirkman plot look like? Like it's full script, right? Full script. You know, he says he has the panels broken down and that kind How of thing. How descriptive are these? Like you, know, you hear stories of an Alan Moore script where it's oh nothing like that. Described to the letter, and then I remember working on, say Thor with Dan Jurgens and John Romita Jr. Yeah. And the it's it's a lot. Of, it's almost bare bones where John Jr. gets to really figure out panel breakdowns and do his thing, angles and all that. So is is Robert saying, I want a wide shot here, I want a close-up here, I want... Occasionally, yeah. yeah. Okay. Close-up, establishing shot or whatever. Right. And but, they just throw up that Pentagon shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've only drawn that once. It's, it's nice. Uh, so are there times, though, where it's just like a fight sequence? Let's say yeah. the conquest, the, the fight with conquest. Yeah. How descriptive is it in the plot, and how much is it you saying, all right, here's the part where his arm gets punched through, and here's where 
I mean, did, how he, much can you remember of that? He he did he does want uh, yeah he does pretty he's pretty descriptive with all that. Yeah, I mean, there's times where I ask for like changes, like like issue one hundred eight. You know, I ask for changes here and there. Like, uh, I can do spoilers. Yeah, sure. I don't even know if I've read that one, but go for it. Oh, you haven't read 108? I don't know. Go for it. I don't it. want to spoil it for spoil you. Spoil it. I'll bleep it out or give me an example that is pre... I'm trying to... Th- it's. I can't think okay, of it's that far. I don't know the issue numbers, so I'm reading them in trades. The last thing I read was this, this yeah, thing not that was trade, split yeah. with you and Corey. Yeah. Where Corey was doing the Monster Girl robot stuff in space. I think that was the 17th trade, yeah. Yeah. So this is more like... 19th trade? 19th, yeah. All right. So you ask for stuff and you guys work things out. And yeah, well, it's just more... Of, you know, like like there's a lot of fight scenes where he'll say, and then he punches him like this, punches him here, punches him here, and to for me, it's like if you're a superhero, you're gonna do more than just punch. You know, you get a lot, of, you got elbows, you got knees. You yeah, know. let's do some. And you and you talk about that first, or you just start drawing it and say, I'm doing this instead. Sometimes, yeah. And if if you change the script where it's a lot cooler and better, yeah, it's not gonna be a problem. Sure. So. And why wouldn't you make it better, right? Yeah, you're exactly, bringing the yeah. heat. Yeah, well, actually, no. There was that issue with Doc Seismic where he grabbed all the heroes and put them in these spider egg sacks. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there was a all part... the heroes, like every Kirkman verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was there sweet. was a part where this monster was supposed to punch Eve, and I was like, "No, screw that. I think it'd be look cooler if the monster punched Eve with his tongue, you know, blah." Right. And then, and then I thought I was like, "Oh, that'd be cool if Mark stabbed this monster with its own tusks." You know that kind of thing. I just, yeah, yeah. I think that's cool. They're just everything already punching each other. But. Yeah, it's more interesting choreography. Yeah, and it's more fun to draw. Way more fun. Yeah. How many punches? I mean, at a certain point, you're like, all right, plenty of punches. I think you could like max out at four punches. Yeah. Right, right, left, uppercut, down punch. Yeah. And then you've gone through all the punches. Then you got to give a knee. Well, or the the flat hand, you know, kind of like a Magnus robot fighter punch sure. with a karate chop, judo chop. Well, no, straight to the gut. You know, I did that a couple okay. of times with like Conquest. Instead of punching it, I'll flatten his hand. Out. I'm like, that's kind of cool. They could. They're so tough. These superheroes, they could use their arms as swords if they wanted that's, to. That's and just fair stab point. Yeah. Okay. Straight shot. Yeah. I mean, you could really start saying like the side of the hand or whatever, but it's still like the arm. I'm talking about arm movement. Forward, right and left hand arms, down and up. Yes, you know, the, el- the shoulder can only move in certain ways. That's true. And then you're moving to elbows and knees and like a nice kick. Those could be fun. They can, yeah. Big ass foot. Big Take ass foot. Up a lot of room in the panel. <laughs> yes. So yeah, the other part of the question of where people are like, what's it like Robert working with Robert? Is it is, it is mostly your singular experience to work with Robert. Yeah. Again, one job with DC, and that's it. So. The question has come up, and you've 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 answered it in a very succinct way. But the question is, you have to be getting other offers from people. I have, but there's nothing that's good. <laughs> like, what are you getting offered? Like, what is somebody? Are people emailing you or calling you, or is it at a convention? Somebody comes up, hey it's man, conven- I work for so and so. Yeah, DC, and you know, so I've, what kind I've, of things are they offering you? Oh, it doesn't ever get that far. Oh, really? Yeah, it just. So, like, okay, so. Run the hypothetical, random well, editor or somebody from yeah. I just don't think they could. It's just not going to be as better than than what I got now. Right, but what? How are they even so, approaching you? What's the approach? What's the approach of somebody who even wants to attempt? Well, they say you know, you, if you ever want, you know, it's totally open. You can come here, work here, you know. So there's never an offer like, hey, listen, we would like you to draw action comics if no, you're interested. No, nothing like that. Just if you want to come over, you can come over. That's no way to that's that no way to do business. 
you want to bring somebody over, you offer something, right? You put something like, listen, here's what we are already to offer you, <laughs> right? <laughs> At least that's what I think. Like if 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 you want somebody, you see what they want. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it seems like if somebody wanted to even attempt to woo you, they would try and get a sense of what you'd want to. Like, I feel like. I mean, not that you're going to do it, but I feel like if somebody said, listen, you draw awesome fight scenes, you all draw some raging people, we'd like to offer you the Incredible Hulk working with so-and-so. That's an offer that you can sit and go, not that you're going to take it, but it's more than anytime you want to come over. But I think we talked about this before. I I really believe writers have the, the top now. They're going to be fighting for writers. Artists, not so much. They can get artists uh, to draw anything so they can this, i don't think there's gonna be too much fighting for artists anytime soon it's a shame but yeah. i'm not even saying fighting for you i'm saying there's a difference between saying anytime you want to come over the door yeah. is open yeah and saying we want you because we think you would do awesome on this comic book yeah those are two separate things right that's true yeah like one is a, is, a, is a real offer one is somebody saying i'm so interested in you because i think you can do gangbusters with this thing yeah Gotta learn how to talk to us. I yes, that's probably true. People don't know how to talk to people, man. No. And we're like weird mutants that don't leave our houses. Freaking hermits. I mean, to that point, I got no social skills. Well, okay. Perfect. Small talk is is terrible. I mean, how? I really wonder how people do small talk. Is there a book? No, small talk sucks. I know, right? You gotta like talk weather. about something. Talk about weather. No, you talk about something, man. <laughs> yeah. I like to ask people what they have for lunch and start from there. Oh, see, I could learn a lot from you. But, I mean, I'd rather say, what do you have for lunch than what do you do? Like, what do you do is the worst. I like that. Oh, what do you do? Who cares? Can I write this down? Yeah, of course. You could just listen to it. We're recording the whole thing. I'm not listening to this shit. <laughs> you would not be the first person to not listen to themselves. I hate podcasts. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'll totally listen to more. No, I got to listen to the Eric Larson one. You should listen to the Eric Larson one. What was one. the other one you, you recommended? I don't remember. You and I, guys who've been drawing a long time, since we were young young whippersnappers. Yes. I mean, you were drawing so much you never saw Star Wars. Yes. So it's funny that I keep saying this because I'm never going to refine all these interviews so that people could track down what you originally said. Yeah. But in one of them, you said how you got to draw all the time and that you were drawing all the time, like where you have no friends. And you're like, well, you have like one friend, but you're drawing <laughs> true, all the time. Yeah. yeah. So I read that and I and I got it. Not so much me in elementary school, but certainly when you start getting into junior high school and high school, like I'd go home and draw. Before I did my homework, before I, I'd go home and I'd lay down on the floor and I would draw for hours. Yeah. Right. And I I certainly remember distinctly in high school, like learning that people were hanging out after school. Like they'd all go out and get frozen yogurt or something. Yeah, totally. And I was like, wait, people are doing what? Huh? Because I was yeah. just home, drawing. Or it would be like a Friday night. You'd hear, like, the neighbor was having a party, but I was home <laughs> drawing. Like, were you having that same kind of thing happening? or? or oh, totally, you, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did Friends ever... go do stuff, and, and you just did home. So. And, and I, I've also talked about this on interviews and stuff. And, yeah. And, you know, not doing that many social things. And I, 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 I've read comments that are like, well, um, I'll take care of that. See what happens being antisocial or not being social and people commenting on you saying you weren't social. No, I forgot. All right. Well, I'll keep talking. You'll, <laughs> okay, you'll pick talking. it up again. Yes. Well, I just, did you ever have an instance where you actually would show up somewhere? Like you would show up at a party 
No, not really. Get, I didn't really. do many parties, no. I remember I showed up at one party once, and everybody was, like, surprised to see me. Because I guess parties, they weren't, what like... What are you doing here? Yeah, it's like, whoa, Aren't whoa. Aren't you an artist? They were happy to see... Like, people were happy. They were excited. I don't know, excited. Happy to see me. But, like, I'd never shown up at a party before. And suddenly I just appeared at this one. And it was, it was just like, whoa. And I showed up with my Yoohoo because I didn't drink. Yeah. The bottles of Yoohoo, so I drink out of a bottle. No, now I want to get whatever your thought was. But drawing all the time, not having friends or having a friend. We need to rewind it. You want to hear what you said? Yes. Do you? <laughs> we'll do it. Let's do it. Okay, hang on. We're going to pause this. Yeah, I, I read these comments like I'm being, a, like I'm throwing a pity party, like I'm, you know, oh, you just feel bad for the guy. You know, it's, that's just something that, you know. But that's internet commenters, it's right? Chose to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's. I'm not trying to throw a pity party. I'm just, you know. You're telling your story. Yeah, and this, this is what happened, and this is, you know, it's not like I feel bad about it. That, that I'm glad I did that. Well, it's also interesting because I, got a I lot wonder, of work and practice out of that. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because it feels like that's a hard thing to say that you didn't do that much social stuff in high school. I mean, it seems, I don't. It just seems weird that I'm trying to think of of how how this works in my head. To my mind, to say that you were not doing the things that other people in high school are doing, right? Yeah. Is saying it's not so much a pity party thing. And again, we're we're agreeing that people are wrong to accuse you of pity party. But it seems like people should, I don't know, people are mean on the internet. <laughs> well, no, I think it's in person too. Maybe it's a tagging thing. To say, 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 that. say, say, you know. Oh, I didn't oh, hang I didn't out that I, 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 I'm not a very social person. I'm not... I'm always always alone, alone, or something. You know, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I guess, I guess for me, I think about that time in high school, and again, I'm not saying I regret it either. I draw the way I draw because I was constantly drawing. Yeah. Even though I still wish I could draw buildings and environments and cars better. Yeah. Because I wasn't doing enough of that. I kept telling myself, no, no, I'm writing. I'm practicing writing and storytelling. But I think, I don't know. It seems like. My impression is anybody saying that you're you're asking for a pity party is somebody that's seeing you as you have the dream job. You get to draw comics. So maybe they're reading it as false humility without recognizing, no, this is what happens. See that? Okay. You know, it's sort of like when a, when a supermodel says, no, when I, was a, when I was a young kid, I was ugly and I had big lips and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you were probably adorable. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, how many supermodels are truly, like, ugly ducklings that grow... Like, no, there was something, probably, when you were a little kid, you're like, that's a cute kid. They probably had braces. Oh, ones. my... Uh, glasses. Glasses imagine? so ugly. <laughs> so I think that might be part of it, is people, uh, yeah. like... This guy's doing... You know, people who are reading interviews with you probably have some degree of wanting to make comics or being interested enough in comics that if, if they get any sense that you're poo-pooing your life... Like who's this guy to poo-poo his life? He gets to draw a monthly comic book and makes money doing it. Maybe that's well. And it, I will highly recommend it forever. Less friends is the way. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna do any kind of art, you need to be severely like obsessed for for years. So your one friend you gotta, you that you had cut away some friends. Was your one friend also into comics or, no, or, not or at drawing? All. Not, not at all. all. No, he was more into parties and all that kind of stuff. So, so you never went with him to a party? Yeah, a couple times. Okay. Are you not, sat in a corner? 
No, no, I hung out and watched everyone drink. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did, yeah. Did you ever? It was have fun. Anybody... It was. It's fun hanging out with drunk people, and it can be. Yeah, messing around with them. to a certain it's point. Funny. Yeah. Well, I used to go to a party and like I found. I remember one party I found. They had the game Crossfire. Do you remember that one? No, Where I you didn't. Shoot the guns with the marbles. No, no. Oh, I found this thing. Like, anybody want to play this? Like, it was just me and drunk people. Oh, Crossfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We were having a blast. I was like, yeah, see, and this was this was me during my like, I don't have to, I don't have to drink to have a good time, period. So I was yeah. proving it, like, look, I could be a reverend and play games at a party. <laughs> yeah, totally. But now it's not even about comics anymore. We should talk about comics again, right? Like stand up. Yeah, like stand up. All right, comedy. Let's go. The last thing about Invincible, it's a singular experience. It's what you've been doing for over ten years now. Do you ever feel step haunt? Sorry, go ahead. We're about to get to haunt. <laughs> I love the build-up for this haunt conversation. <laughs> Do you feel either from having this experience spoiled or sheltered? Hmm. Or both, a combination in some capacity. Like, I could see how either one or both could be in play. It's definitely a comfort zone. Sure. Comfort is nice. Sheltered, though. How How do you mean? In that... I guess in, in terms of like a projection or reflection, like I work on SpongeBob comics primarily. Yeah. Licensed stuff. So I feel sometimes out of out of the mix of what's happening because okay. I'm not playing in the same it's like the same playground but not the same slide. No, it's true. Yeah, like like new projects. It's, it's the same project. So yeah, artists that have a bunch of new projects all the time, they get to feed off of that that, you know, the new um interviews all the time at Newsarama. Or even guys talking about, like, I worked with this editor or that editor, or I worked with this writer or that writer, or I got to draw this character or that character. You yeah. are... They can say that they're prolific, and, you know... They, yes, they can say they're prolific. <laughs> but even beyond that, just the experience of variety. Yeah. Versus... I do crave that. Versus it's, the experience of... Again, it's a combination of spoiled, because you're getting to do it all. Yeah, there is a ton of variety. Yeah, in but this book. So, but it's also sheltered because it is it's 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 the skybound Kirkman world, yeah. and that's what you know. Yeah, I guess so. No, I, I guess that's all I know. So I, it's hard to compare. But I guess it is. You know. I guess it's the equivalent of some like uh, Lothario playboy saying like, hey, "Look at this guy who married his high school sweetheart." You know what I mean? Like that, you know, that guy that'll do that. It's like, yeah. well, maybe they're happy. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you can't. There's a lot of good things about Create Around and. For sure. It's, yeah, it's just great. And so. But it's amazing that that's, again, outside of that 17 pages. You don't have stuff to have all these editors. Work. No, look, I admire it. It's good. I get it. I just wonder if you ever awesome. think. You know, it's just. Like, I, I just wondered if you ever had the thought of like, man, I never. It's almost like I never went to sleepaway camp as a kid. Okay. So there's a party. It's like people talk about the experience of sleepaway camp. I'm like, yeah, I can't connect with that. So well, I figure, you know, if if I want to, I can someday. Well, like I you said know? the door is always open. So you've gotten that great offer of the door is always open. But there's even, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff I'd I'd like to do. Sure. You know, there's a lot of creator own stuff. I mean, there's I I dabble in like writing here and there and sure death I, grub. I, I would love to do grizzly that. shark. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Snowman fun. Apocalypse. Snowman Slaughter, which nobody's seen yet. You just totally ruined it. You spoiled it. 
Nobody knows what that is. I know. <laughs> I can cut it if you want. No. Is it, it ever going to see it. print? It's good. Yes, I just heard. I won't say any details about it, but okay. yeah, I just heard that it's going to. Will you be embarrassed that it's in print because it's so old? It's really not that. It's maybe three years old. Yeah, you're a guy who burned your art publicly. That was old art. And that was only 10 pages. Here's the thing about that. 10 pages, man. I watched it And they recently. were terrible. I watched it recently. Okay. So one of the pages had like a lot of blank panels. There clearly was a lot of statting. Like, I, I, fine. Yeah. Here's what really bothered me. The splash page? No. Oh. Derek Hunter burning drawings he did when he was 13. Yeah. Bothered me more than anything else. Why is that? Because that's history. Like, that's formative stuff. Like, you shouldn't be embarrassed by something you do when you were 13. Yeah, yeah. I mean, destroy I... Destroy it. I didn't burn it. On purpose. Derek's dumb. Where is he? I don't know. What a dumb head. Good thing <laughs> he could draw it now. Draw well now. Sorry. He draws digitally now, so he can't burn any of that. That's right. You could you could burn a hard drive. I've had hard drives fry without me trying. Yeah, but you have to burn all the adventure time, you know, DVDs. That's a good point. Let's talk about haunt. Oh we've been building up to haunt. You drew five issues of haunt? Five issues. Alright. Greg Capullo on layouts. That yep. was so awesome. And Todd just... McFarlane inking you, which is crazy. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. So we're going to talk about Todd is really what this is all about. The whole interview is just about Todd? No, just this section about Haunt. Gotcha. Okay. There is no denying. I mean, people will deny it, but I'm, I'm saying right now, there is no denying Todd's indelible mark on comics. Yeah. There's no question. There's an entire generation that... His stuff hit like a hammer, and it just was like unbelievable. And then blew my mind as a kid, definitely. It's unbelievable. Those yeah. giant eyes on Spider-Man. Yeah, so awesome. Webs all over the yeah, place. Yeah, those like those Todd webs. Spaghetti like, webs. What is yeah. happening with these webs? Like you can't. And his Hulk was awesome. Oh yeah, his layouts. So cool. You know that invasion miniseries in the DC. You ever see that? I stuff? didn't see that one. No. It's great, man. Really? Wow. And he did a few issues. He did a. Couple of issues of Detective Comics that are very cool. But Todd McFarlane, <laughs> huge. And that's even before Image Comics and his essentially leading that group to what is what became Image Comics. And he and Larson are really the two guys who have held to, although Eric has explained that everybody had their own mission statement. But the public mission statement of Image Comics was we're going to make our comics and do our comics, create our own. Okay, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And those are only two guys who have never – well, Larson has done work for higher stuff, but he never stopped doing Dragon. Yeah. And Todd has never stopped in some capacity making Spawn happen and then Haunt, et cetera. Right? That is true. There's a lot of buildup. I understand. I'm about to tie it all together. So I mentioned before how Michael Ringo was a big influence on me and how I got to talk to him. And learning, talking to him – where his influences were, it was very cool because we were talk we both talked about Disney and Disney animation, how we both were really influenced by that, how Disney animators drew stuff and animals and that kind of thing, and it was very cool to talk to somebody who I admired and find common ground, common influence, and and sort of a common philosophy about how we draw and what we're doing. It was awesome, like that kind of conversation that you can only have when you're in the like when I you're didn't have that with in Todd. the mix. You didn't, because that was the. He's, so the question is, he's not common. He is I know, like, no, I know. He is like I went to Robert and I went to his house. Okay, this is what I'm talking. Because you you mentioned that you would get on 
you'd be able to watch him inking your stuff and you'd be on the phone with him. Yes, and that was very cool, yeah. So I want to know what kinds of conversations were you having? Okay, so tell me the story. You go to his house in Arizona. Yeah, we were at a convention and he invited us over for, over for dinner and we just hung out and he told us stories about baseballs and all that stuff. <laughs> it was great. I mean, the guy is super freaking cool. He's like hanging out with Robert, an amazing storyteller. Right. The guy knows how to talk. And I'm very the opposite of those those two dudes. Right. And you, for example. And it, We're not that opposite. No, you know how to sit there and just talk about cool stories and whatnot. Well, you, you have, well, again, maybe you're a bit sheltered in your comic the, experience. Yes. You don't no, have the stories. You can only that. tell stories about Robert Kirkman. Yeah. <laughs> or hopefully some about Todd, because that's what the rest of this, that we have more to talk about. Yeah, I don't have many stories about it. It's just... Okay, you have an opportunity. You now, you're now talking almost on the level with Todd. I mean, you're not on the level. You can, you you because there's such a weird sort of maybe not hero worship, but just respect worship. Yeah, right? totally. And he's he, yeah, he's just he seems pretty huge. He you is know, pretty I mean, huge. His house is big, uh, and he's he speaks big. He does. Did you ever yeah. see? Did you watch that Image Revolution movie? I haven't yet. No. All right. I saw part of it, but that, yeah, there are parts of it that are good. That are parts of it. The music is pretty terrible. Was it? Oh crap! But when Todd is on screen. When Todd is talking, yeah. it is, and maybe it's a comic creator thing. Like maybe somebody else will watch him. Like he's a jerk, what an egomaniac. <laughs> but when you watch him talk, it's so compelling. It really is, yeah. And he speaks with such authority. Like even if he's wrong, he speaks with such command, like personal command of what he's saying. Such conviction—that's the word I'm looking yeah. for. That you're just like, yes, Todd, yeah. I agree. Even if I disagree, like you're so passionate and and no, that you're completely right. That's exactly everything. I mean, it's <laughs> so when you're talking to him, and he's like, "I'm doing this with the inks," or I I don't I don't do a Todd impression. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah, bud. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it, it, like every time he'd call me, he'd say, "Hey, yeah, bud, can I talk to the world famous Ryan Otley?" <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's, this is him." That's like such like an uncle thing to do. <laughs> so, okay, so you're talking oh. to Uncle Todd. Yes. Yeah. And he's inking your work. Yeah, he'd pull up some of my pages and he's like, "So, how, how is this bud, you know?" And he would just ask me if I'm if he's doing okay with with the the inks and you know, and he's like, "So, I'm going to start lightening up on your pages cuz at first, if you notice in hot one, he he went pretty heavy with the inks. But then it got to the point where he wasn't, you know, I mean, normal inking you ink over the line. Yeah. And he didn't do that. He just darkened everything and then added lines here and there. Oh, interesting. So, that was that was his his inking. And so um, he was he was more like embellishing your pencil. Yeah. That's and it got to. He said, "You know, he's like, well, this page, this page is fine. You don't have to do, don't have to do anything on it." So at no point so. did he, did you ask him questions having nothing, nothing to do with Haunt? And at no point did he offer anything like, "Hey, I'm looking at your pages here, and uh, I really like what you're doing here, and this seemed a little enough because I guess it's over Capullo well, layout, so it's sort of a different game anyway." Yeah, he was fine with all that. The stuff that he was asking me to do more of is make it more finished. <laughs> so he didn't have to do much. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much what most of the phone calls. So he was never. Now. There was never even like gossip. Like, hey, tell me about Robert. Tell me about what's happening at uh, Image. Like, there was never even that kind of shop yeah, talk. I mean, we talk every once in a while about comics, and you know, he he told me once. Uh, he's, he's like, Batman and Superman, they're very different. You know, Batman's always in the shadows and whatnot, and Superman's always in the daylight. You know, that's what you, they, they can't be in the same comic. It can't. It'd be like fighting. And I'm like, well, what about the Superman Batman comic? It's like, oh, well, 
Never mind. You change the subject. You know? What about World's <laughs> Finest, the comic they ran for yeah, years? Yeah, they're together in, in comics. Yeah. You know, you, you, you artists can do it, but I think with him, you know, he likes to do more, it's more dramatic things, and so yeah, a Superman Batman comic by Todd McFarlane would just be like they're talking, but one has the sun behind him and one has the moon behind him. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so you never hilarious. you never talked about his, his. You never asked questions. You never had like, hey, by the way, while I've been the phone. No, I want to ask you this or that. Kind of like what I told you, man. Like, I drove to the con with Jeff Smith, and I didn't say a freaking word. Was anybody else in the car? Yeah. Just the two of you? Who else was in the Jacques car? Jacques was in the car. Okay. Mark Buckingham. That's a that's a loaded car. Yeah, I couldn't say anything, because I'm just like... So now, what are they all talking about? I, I just clam up, man. But what's everybody else talking about? Like, who's leading? Is Jeff Smith leading the room? Yeah. And he's just holding court? Yeah. Is anybody else leading like, the vehicle? Yes. Like is Mark Buckingham like chiming in like, well, pardon me, yeah, British, British, British. Yeah, they're talking about London Con and all that kind of stuff. All right, yeah. so they're talking about cons and stuff. Yeah. Jock, quiet. I've never even. I don't even know what he looks like. No, he was he was talking to about about London and and nobody looks at you like, hey Ryan, what do you think? No. <laughs> Did you like everybody introduce themselves in the? I think I, I maybe I put off some kind of pheromone. that's like, don't even look at me. Don't even talk to me. Well, did everybody? I don't know. Did everybody introduce themselves before you got in the car? Yeah. Hey, I'm so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Does everyone immediately know who everyone is? I don't think they know who I am. But does anyone know who Jock is? Does Jeff Smith know who Jock is? I don't know. Everybody's just talking because we're all at a con. Yeah. And you're just in a corner of this car. Yeah. It's not a peep. Are you making it's eye contact awkward. with people? No. <laughs> it's awkward, man. I know, man. It's just... So, oh. yeah. So, back... Uh... Maybe I should have hung out with friends more, right? <laughs> well, no, I just it's it's very uh, interesting to me. No, I only because maybe it is because I, I I don't know if it's a more social skills. I don't want to say it's that, but my favorite part of working at Marvel, the best part was talking to other the freelancers. Okay, yeah. Because part of me, you know, while I was working at Marvel, I knew I wanted to eventually be writing and drawing comics. Like I knew that was the goal. So talking to these guys was like graduate school. You know, you'd have a, a long conversation with Michael Ringo, or you'd have a conversation with Al Williamson, and just be like learning from these people. Like whoever it was, Jerry Ordway, you just talked to him for like an hour. You just, you know, you ask questions or whatever. I don't know. There was something to that experience of just the conversation and finding those connection points and stuff. And it's that you had this opportunity talk to Todd almost on some some level. I mean, we've hung out with Eric Larson. He talked to him. Yeah. I mean, we hung out and you literally were like, I'm going to draw a bigger fist on a panel than, than you can. And then he drew a crazy yeah, double he, page. He won. <laughs> but I mean, that's a real, that's a conversation that you can't you can't manufacture. You can't, I mean, that's that's peer-to-peer conversation. Yeah. You're capable of it. Sure, yeah. With Todd just too big? Todd and I, Jeff Smith are just so. too big? I think so, yeah. yeah talk no, to Eric Todd. Larson's big, too. I don't know what it is. Maybe Eric Larson is a little bit more... He's he's weirdly he, approachable for a guy who's so prickly. He's very... <laughs> no, yeah, he's definitely like like uh, just you know one of my regular friends, you know? Todd's too big. You're saying Todd's too big. Todd's pretty big, yeah. I wanna, I'll want tell you right now. In the he's dream... super cool, though. Seriously. Todd I'll tell you is right now. one of the coolest dudes ever. I mean, the, that guy. On the dream list of people I would want to talk to. Like I feel like if I'm ever in Arizona, I'm calling in favors to sit you with totally Todd should. for an hour. You totally should. The most interesting stories ever. Him and what? Rob Rob Liefeld are the funnest what? dudes to just you sit down. You are and talk on the about. list of people I will be calling to say I need you to I need you to 
get Todd to take me seriously. I need to talk to him for at least an hour. Sure, I can just call him and be like, remember me? No, but I'm I the world famous Ryan Hotley. Wait till I'm in Arizona one day. Because okay. we have to be in the same place. Gotcha. It's, yeah. it's better face-to-face. You know, you're doing it right now. I know. It's true. That's all you want to know about Haunt? Yeah, what else is there to know about Haunt? That's it. <laughs> hey, look. Greg Capullo is very good. I guess it's interesting that you worked over layouts that existed. All right. Well, you know, actually, this is good. Because I do a lot of SpongeBob comics over existing layouts. Really? Yeah. And that's because... Let me explain this. It's not that I can't do layouts. It's that... A lot of the stories are written by cartoonists, so they write them in layout form, and then I draw it on model, so it looks like the show. So, for example, if you did a SpongeBob, if you wrote a SpongeBob comic and you cartoon, you, you sort of broke down the pages, yeah, but you can't draw SpongeBob properly, it would then come to me and I'd make it look spot on. Gotcha. Okay. So you're telling the story, you're being a cartoonist, and then I'm just, you know. It's not quite inking. It's just it's like redrawing on model, basically. Yeah. So I know the experience of working over layouts, and there's something kind of nice about not having to do the the puzzling. Some people, that's the easiest part. Like Eric, talking to Eric Larson. Yeah. He he loves doing layouts. That's the easiest part for him. I love him. doing it's layouts. The fastest part. But for it's me, the it's hardest very, part. It's pretty time consuming sometimes. That's where the work is. Yeah. Is in telling the story. Yeah. But Greg Capullo and Eric Larson, they're they're fast. They can lay it down. They've been doing this a long time. Yeah, man. dude, it's amazing. Greg Capullo's drawing X Force. I mean, that, that, a that long was time that ago. was one of the things. You know, I was drawing Invincible. Yeah. Every month I have to do an issue, and Robert was like, "Well, you got to do Haunt. You know, if you want to do Haunt, you know, you got we got to do both at the same time. We got to both of them need to be monthly. They need to be on time. And I'm like, that's gonna be a pain in the ass. How am I gonna do that? You know? Yeah. I, I don't think I can do that, so it's probably not going to happen. And he's like, well, if we got Greg Capola to be do layoffs, I'm like, whoa, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. And it definitely worked out. I mean, I could do each issue in two weeks, which was really hard. That's insane. I mean, it was like, so. But, you know. Was Cliff inking you at that point? Oh, yeah, he was inking okay. me, yeah. So he was just doing pencils for both. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I was kind of done with issue two. <laughs> By issue two, I'm like, <laughs> I, I I gotta be done. Ro, 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 I just told Robert I gotta be done, and let's do let's you know I have to find someone else. And yeah, he's like no, that's he's brutal. like at least give me a trade, give me one trade paperback. I'm just like, oh man. I mean, Haunt was issues and he had all those twir- swirlies and twirlies on him. Yeah, like he wasn't just like a simple costume. He wasn't he wasn't invincible? Yeah, big dot on his chest and like or the bar on his chest and the you know, invincible's got a traditional superhero costume, few lines. And a lot of yeah. black space. Yeah. Clean. Easy to draw over and over and over again. Relatively. Yes. <laughs> Compared to Haunt. No, because all that, all that noodling doesn't really take... It's not... It wasn't consistent? It's not that bad. I mean... Or even Spider-Man. Like, people love drawing Spider-Man, but those webs slow you down. Yeah. As opposed to drawing the Hulk, who, as we were talking earlier at dinner, no costume. Just ripped pants. And... Crazy muscles. Well, I draw them with jogging pants now when I draw them. Jogging pants? Yeah, just like, you know, not like yoga pants. pants. But not yoga pants, but, you know, just like loose pants that if he... It seems like if I was Bruce Banner... Yeah, let's say you're hypothetically... Hypothetically? Yeah. Why would I wear jeans, man? They're just going to tear. Because they look so cool when they're torn, man. I know, but... Jogging pants, man. No, I like drawing the tears. He I like just, drawing... He could just loosen the, the band a little bit. I like drawing the tear around the waist 
one knee ripped open and then yep. a tear mid <laughs> mid calf. Oh man. Classic Hulk. One knee rips. Dude, he would be buck nude in reality. Yeah, but this ain't reality. Needs to be. Yeah. I want a real naked Hulk running around. I'm so tired. <laughs> Is this we're... gonna sound good at all? It's gonna sound great. Yes. Here's what's gonna be great about it. What? The dichotomy of I don't talk a lot, blah, blah, and you're talking, you're saying plenty. All right, here's the last bit. <laughs> All right, go for it. Because right now we are in a hotel room at a convention. Buck naked. We st- <laughs> Buck naked. <laughs> like the Hulk. <laughs> so we're in a hotel room. We're hanging out. This is the highlight of conventions is hanging out. It's almost midnight. It's almost midnight. The origins of grizzly shark and sea bear are not dissimilar. You and Jason Howard sharing a room. Dude, we could come up with something right now, man. We can. This is what I'm saying. So this is what happens at cons. We're hanging out, funny stuff comes up, or goofy ideas, or whatever. More often than not, that's where that it's it's like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Like what happens in a hotel con, like you have the conversation. It's fun. You talk about the next time you see each other. Ha ha! Remember that ridiculous idea. Okay. That's what we do. We're all in the same game. We're playing. You know. But you and Jason actually executed on a goofy idea in a hotel room at a convention. Sea bear and grizzly shark. Sea bear grizzly shark. Best got crossover of all time. Yes. It is amazing. It's great. How'd you pull? How'd you get it from goofy idea in a hotel room to actually being a physical comic book? We just started working on it. We loved the idea. It was freaking. We thought it was hilarious. But I mean. You both had regular jobs at the time, monthly yeah. books. We just wrote it out. You know, it was a separate thing. Like he wrote his own thing, I wrote right. mine. We did it a different time. I think he was done way before me. But it seems like the motivation is is it's just very impressive. I guess my question is how much how much did it help that you had a built-in publisher ready to go? Like once you had this thing done, you knew Image would publish it. Yeah, I remember talking to Robert. Like we were telling. Uh, Jason and I were telling Robert our idea, and he was like, "I'm writing the opening. I'm writing the the uh, intro. Int- the uh, no, not the intro. Not the, the forward. I forget what it's called. Opening <laughs> paragraph. <laughs> the prologue. The beginning of it all. The origin. Origin. <laughs> it is late. It's it is such late. a big word. Origin. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's like, I'm writing it. It's going to be awesome. I'm not going to tell you what it is. And I'm like, sweet. Something to put your name on. That sounds good. Yeah. So, I, it's, it's impressive that you executed it to the degree where it's a fini- like you finished it. Well, we wanted to, to do more, actually. I know you do. And I, I've done more. I know you have. I know. The, the roles have reversed. Now you're done. And Jason, you're waiting on Jason. Yes. <laughs> Great. No. Anyway, it's impre- that's impressive because so many there are so many ideas on the virtual cutting room floor of all of us. Like we all come up with a thing like, wouldn't it be awesome if this happened? And then your buddy goes, that would be awesome. And then it never happens because to draw a comic takes so much longer to than to think of the idea for a comic. Yes, it's impressive it, that you did it. There's nothing funner than yeah, drawing sharks running around killing people. Pretty fun as hell. Pretty good. You draw superheroes full time. That's a perfect side job. And drawing animals is Something fun. Something crazy as hell like that, you know. Sharks are cool looking. Oh yes, very fun. 
Hey, we get to draw all weekend. Convention time. That's true. Let's do this. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, brother. Got it. There you go. A little over an hour with Ryan Otley. I'm just going to say, he doesn't do a lot of these long... I don't think he ever has done something of this long-form nature. I hope I hope you enjoyed it. I liked talking to Ryan. He's great. Some things with respect to the episode that I think are worth mentioning. One, the story I, I brought up, Snowman Slaughter. At the time, it was completely unpublished. Ryan mentioned that it there was something that was going to happen to it. It is in the giant-sized Bible stories oversized one-shot that was released at Comic-Con this year. And if your local comic shop was responsible, they ordered some. So you can check that out. It's pretty awesome. It's got great work in there from Ryan and Eric Larson and Bruce Tim and Adam Warren and... Art Adams, and I know I'm leaving names out, and I apologize. I just don't have it right in front of me to rattle them all off. Anyway, it's a cool-looking book. Ryan also showed me the trick, the perspective trick that we talked about, but that was back in March, and I don't even have the scrap of paper that we were doodling on. It might have even just been a hotel uh, notepad, but I can tell you it involved measuring along each side of the page, right and left side and staggering those and then connecting them with lines and creating sort of a fake perspective grid. I could say that for my part, since I've been working digitally on a tablet for the past couple of years, I've found all different kinds of tricks using star tools and building perspective lines. Anyway, this is exciting stuff, isn't it? If you want more exciting stuff, but literally, truly more exciting, Check out the website, StuffSaidShow.com. There is bonus materials. For example, if you want to see those noble pages, those noble pages, if you want to see those noble causes sample pages, there we go, those are up there. Thank you to Jay Ferber for providing those. You can also comment on this episode or past episodes. All the episodes are at StuffSaidShow.com. You can listen to them. You can comment on them. And of course, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can donate. I encourage you to donate. You can email me directly. Stuffsaid at gmail.com. Simple enough. I will respond. I often do. Often. I always do. I often do. Just in case. Just in case that one thing slips up. I'm also on Twitter. At Greg Schiegel. G-R-E-G-G-S-C-H-I-G-I-E-L. I mentioned the book, Pick's One Weirdest Weekend, that I've mentioned on past episodes. It's available at Pick's Comic, P-I-X-C-O-M-I-C dot com. You can read the first chapter for free. Got my first printed copies very recently. Debuted them at Baltimore Comic Con this month. It was a really great reception. The book looks awesome. More copies are on the way, and I will have the web store at PicksComic.com up and running by the end of this week. So that's September 20th, 2014. But maybe sooner. And if you're listening to this later, just go to go to pixcomic.com 
or I'm going to put a link at stuffsaidshow.com. It'll take you right there, and you can check out this book. I'm very proud of it. So that's there. That's there. That's that. Okay. Actually, wait. One more thing. If you are a retailer interested in carrying picks one weirdest weekend, contact me, please, because you guys sell comic books and graphic novels, and this is a graphic novel. So let's talk about it. This show is available on iTunes in addition to StuffSaidShow.com, and if you subscribe, you get every episode when it appears on the 15th of every month. I encourage you to comment or rate the show five stars and then leave a comment. The more comments, the more people. There's some algorithm. I don't understand it. But if you can't think of what to write, you can use the perennial. Just write the words five stars. Or consider the other, these options based on this episode. Quote, one word, portability. And I mean write the whole thing. One word, portability. Or just write portability. I don't care. The other option is... Better than two hard case number ones with foil covers. If you write any of those, I'll know you listen to this episode and you're awesome. The show is also available at AcmeWaveProjector.com as part of the Acme Wave Projector network of shows, which includes the Acme cast, which I just appeared on, episode 208. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I talk about self-publishing and working on this book picks that I keep talking about and I will never stop talking about. But the guys at Acme Comics do that show, and they say really nice things about the book, and it is very gratifying. So you can listen to that. But it's mostly me talking about the self-publishing process, which I really don't get into on this show, at least not yet. The theme song for this show is by Craig Chin. He is at RudeAnagrams.com. And for more about me, visit HatterEntertainment.com, H-A-T-T-E-R, Entertainment.com. Stuff Said is a production of Hatter Entertainment. That's about all the stuff I have left to say. See you next time. Mic check. Mic check, one, two, one, two. So do I sound all right? Right. Oh, 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 oh. The little donkey? That one, that, that, that was a little donkey. La 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 la